This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for two fifty and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Hey, Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndiePolitics.org. It's a place where smart Hoosiers get their news. Although the state house is just a few miles away, we know sometimes it can seem like a million miles. But you know what? When it comes to issues like road funding, schools, putting more Hoosiers to work, and fighting the drug epidemic, those issues hit close to home. That's why we want you to bookmark IndiePolitics.org. At IndiePolitics.org, we bring you in-depth comprehensive coverage of the big issues facing Indiana. And we also bring you Indiana's newsmakers in their entirety. And here's what's even better. It doesn't cost you a thing. So pay us a visit. IndiePolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome in to another edition of Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We're going to speak with well, he's one of the up-and-coming entrepreneurs in uh, in our area, and he deals primarily with the world of farming. His name is Nick Carter. He is uh, the operator of FarmersMarket.com. Nick, how are you? I'm doing great. So we met uh, a couple days ago, and I said, this is this FarmersMarket.com thing is fascinating. Tell us about FarmersMarket.com. Well, it's uh, just like it sounds. It's an online farmer's market, so you can... Browse from about we got eighty vendors now who've listed their products. Order online, uh, and then we bring it to you. So we're going to get into the state of farming in just a little bit because you have some very interesting opinions on farming. I learned a lot just us sitting talking the other day. But uh, in Brownsburg, we have a farmers market. Uh, Danville has one. Many of the municipalities here in Hendricks County and the surrounding areas have one. They're very popular. Why are farmers markets so popular? Well, I think that people are starting to discover that they want to know where their food's coming from. And they're not trusting labels. Uh, They're realizing it's too easy to deceive or to uh, cloak things with uh, catchy taglines as to whether it's organic or all natural or, you know, no artificial this or that. Um, And what it boils down to is the easiest way to know that what you're feeding your family is actually good, nutritious, and healthy is to look the producer in the eye and know that person. You grew up in Rucheville, right? Right. Um, and we were talking about your family. Your father still owns a, a farm. Yep. And um, did you do farmer's markets as a kid? Did you guys participate in those? Were those no, were, no, not at all. We were on the opposite end of the spectrum of farming. There's um, in the 70s and early 80s, uh, there was this um, get big or get out was the mantra of farming. And so we were getting big. We were going into industrial farming, large grain operation, confinement hog operation. Um, it was the industrialization of our food supply where... We pushed a raw commodity. As farmers, we started, instead of producing food, uh, we converted our farms into producing raw commodities, just like 
ore or you know right. raw crude oil straight up to the factory that got turned into food that you would buy. Is the theory, was the theory, take us a little history in this because it was under Nixon, right, that they kind of started this idea of big farming and, and as you said, go big or go home was the thinking, because you want to think people have good motives, right? Maybe they're just misguided. Absolutely. Was the thinking that we're getting too big as a country and the family farm can't feed people anymore? Um, no, I, I don't think that was the thinking. The thinking was that we really wanted to increase our exports. Um, we wanted to dominate in trade. It was a little bit of a mercantilist outlook. Um, and that agriculture was going to be our major uh, natural resource. We didn't have oil. You know, it wasn't the Middle East. And so we were going to export food. What did the government do? Because I know the government took a lot of steps. And, and uh, I've been reading about this a little bit over the past week or so. The government took a lot of steps to really not only promote big farming, but also harm the, the family farmer, right? Yeah, I don't know if it was intentionally trying to harm a family farmer. I don't think that anybody in that day and age, and I wouldn't lay that at their feet, that, that they, were, they were being intentionally malicious. But there's a lot of side effects that happen. You know, this is why conservatives exist, is because we, we approach a problem with the, the thought of, have we thought this through? And progressives say, change, let's change it, let's do it. Um, and I think that, that was, there was a, a lack of foresight there as to what kind of impact this would have on the family farm, on our food supply. Um, the, the measures that the government took were um, uh, taking out risk. So in order to make one farm massive, um, that's a huge amount of risk. And so they had to capitalize that. And they created some um, very interesting government-backed loan programs, uh, which we're very familiar with hearing about through the mortgage crisis. And the same thing exists in, in agricultural loans. Uh, but then also crop insurance, um, subsidy payments, minimum pli- uh, price floors. So we'll guarantee that you will make at least this much on every bushel of corn, no matter what the market has. And, and that, in some level, then gets Wall Street involved in the process, right? Yeah, there's a lot of people who make a lot of money. It's actually not Wall Street at Chicago. It's the Board of Trade and the Mercantile Exchange. They make a lot of money moving corn on paper. That's And that's fascinating. And these are people that probably wear very expensive suits. They're not out in their overalls <laughs> like you are, uh, you know, that's tilling correct. the land, correct? That's right. Uh, get our guest is uh, Nick Carter. He's with FarmersMarket.com. I'm going to come back to farming here in just a second, but this FarmersMarket.com fascinates me. Um, tell Again, you, you explain briefly how it works, but, but people literally can just order things offline from a specific farmer and it comes to their house? Yep. Yeah, one of the, the crucial things people need to understand is that they aren't buying from FarmersMarket.com. We're an exchange. Just like at the Farmers Market, when you transact, you're buying your eggs from um, Tyner Pond Farm or from uh, this old farm. You're vi- buying it from the farmer and the vendor, and you get to see who all of our vendors are. We actually have six different vendors of eggs, and you can read about how they feed their chickens and what they do with their eggs and what variety of chickens they have, and you can choose your farmer, buy it from them. And then what we do is all 80 vendors convene at our location every Thursday, and they bring only what's been sold. Okay, So they are bringing the eggs that you ordered or the meat that you ordered or the produce that you ordered. And then we aggregate everything together into your order. So you can have, conceivably, you could order from all 80 farms and you just get one delivery. Now, you are a tech guru. You've got several companies that you've started up that deal with technology and information and being current. Mm-hmm. Your dad is a more traditional farmer, as you had, you had said. What does he <laughs> right? think about all this? You know, um, I think he likes it. He's, it's taken him a long time to come around to uh, uh, the a diversified agriculture as I'm coming to talk about it. That's uh, the term I've, I've decided to adopt from industrial agriculture. Diversified, diversified agriculture. Diversified well, diverse, ag. Being diversified yeah. is in vogue these days. Well, it, it is, but diversified ag means that you're mitigating your risk the same way that every farmer needs to, but by doing it, by being in multiple markets instead of um, div, uh, uh, 
mitigating your risk by crop insurance or accepting a, a subsidy from the government. So um, it's mitigating it through market forces. And, and I think that farmersmarket.com exists to allow that for farmers. Now, farmers, I would, I, I'm guessing, and I could be totally wrong, I know that the actual act of farming, you have to be a pretty brilliant person to be a successful farmer these days, right? Farmers are very smart people. Yeah, I, I once toured a, a family farm here in Hendricks County, and it was fascinating when they went through all the um, education that these farmers, this family-owned farm, these people went through. I mean, it wasn't... You know, a lot of people think of farmers and they think, well, you know, your dad, your grandpa was a farmer and you were a farmer. And from the time you were eight, you just learned the land. No, these people have like major degrees from Purdue University and things like that. And I, I guess I'm just stupid for thinking that not thinking that's how it was. But I mean, it is an educate much like golf courses now. <laughs> right. It's an education based uh, 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 career. Yeah, there's a lot of education, especially that goes into the, the industrial agriculture. It requires um a lot of knowledge of chemistry, when not to spray, when to spray, um, things like that. Um, but even just things that we discount as, as not being as, um, I don't know, uh, academic. But just knowing that if you've been grazing cattle on the same acres for three or four years, that grass starts to turn a little yellow. Well, Grandpa knew to run chickens over it. Grandpa might not have known about nitrogen or nitrogen-fixing bacteria on the roots of certain plants, but he knew to run chickens over it for a season, and then his grass would come back. All right, our guest is Nick Carter with FarmersMarket.com. You have a very interesting view on why the earth is getting warmer <laughs> that we talked about. Now, I'm going to pause right there because we're going to hear from our underwriters. When we come back, this is fascinating. I, 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 we talked for an hour just a couple days ago, and I learned so much, and uh, our audience is going to love this. Take a break here from our underwriters. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 12 to 930. More information about our flavors and specialty sundaes can be found on our Facebook page or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today. Go Bulldogs! This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides childcare for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033. This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 53 89 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. 
Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program. We are speaking with Nick Carter. He's with FarmersMarket.com. And Nick, we were talking uh, on Tuesday about uh, global warming, about uh, the earth, about caring for the land. And uh, you're a person who you believe the earth is uh, getting hotter, getting warmer. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And you have a very uh, a very interesting reason on why that is. Yeah. Um, I think that if we take a look at how the earth naturally, the earth is smart, and how it naturally recaptures carbon, which is the main contributor, we, we know, to global warming. Um, it's through photosynthesis. It's, it's plants. That's what they do. We need trees. This is why destroying the rainforest is a problem and things like that. But what we fail to realize is that when we began to turn the entire Midwest, everything from, you know, uh, coast to coast, really, into grain operation, grain, like corn, for example, is an 80-day crop. So we went out with a plow. We ripped up everything green, turned it into brown dirt, and then 80, instead of 365, 80 days out of the year, that dirt's going to photosynthesize. Other than that, it sits there as bare, open dirt. So we've lost 285 days of the year in photosynthesis, which would have been grabbing carbon out of the air and turning it back into oxygen and controlling it and, and actually harnessing that carbon in the uh, soil mass as well. Now, do other people share your view on this? Yes, definitely. You're not like uh, the people who believe the world was round years ago and people thought they were crazy. A lot of people <laughs> share your view on this. Yeah, no, this is definitely something that um, the phenomenological evidence is there. Uh, it's just Politically, it's not something you want to talk about because it feels like you're laying the blame on the feet of farmers. Right. Uh, and that's just not a fun thing to do. And we're not. It's not really the farmer's fault. They're following the program. Um, they're doing what they've been incentivized to do and asked to do by our government. But um, we want to put the blame in places where the public likes to blame. And you were telling me that if, uh, if this were rectified, and we'll talk about how to rectify it here in just a second, that this would solve this issue of telling people you can't drive this sort of car, that sort of truck, or whatever. This would just dwarf any emissions that are going out into the air. Right, right. I mean, the volume of man-made emissions um, could be recaptured. Everything that we put off in the entire 20th century could be recaptured in a matter of a decade, just through the photosynthesis of, of grasses and, and crops or any kind of foliage that would exist year-round um, on this soil. All right, so where do we go from here? And again, our guest is uh, Nick Carter. He's with FarmersMarket.com. Um, where do we go from here? How do we put the genie back in the bottle, so to speak, of getting farming back to its roots of where it was for hundreds of years up until the, the mid to late 1970s? How do we revert back, or will we ever be able to go back? Yeah, that's a great question. I I think a lot of people look at it that way, that we're trying to go back to Mayberry, you know, that we're trying to, and that's, and that's regressive, right? That, that we had it right, 50 to 80 years ago, and um, a proper critique of, of um, farmers' markets and local food and all of this movement, a proper critique is, hey, listen, you know, we can't feed the world of 7 billion people the same way we fed a world of 2 billion people. That's totally true. Um, that doesn't mean we have to go back, but we can learn from history. And we can see that there's a lot more things that you can do with that acre of land than just produce one crop off of it one time a year and one harvest. Um, Farmers today are starting to use things like cover crops, rotations. Um, they put down a cover crop in the fall when the, the corn's coming off. Uh, that quickly turns into a foliage that can actually be grazed through the wintertime. It can be baled into the uh, springtime, terminated, and then another crop put on. So you're producing something off the land all the time. Uh, the average farmer, what is the 
opinion of the average farmer of their industry? Are they excited about it right now? Are they nervous about it? How do they feel about being a farmer in 2017? Well, uh, I'm not sure there is an average farmer, <laughs> but um, many, if, if you if you ask them um, at a Farm Bureau convention where they're at a table with many of their other farmers, uh, they're going to toe the line. A lot of them, when you get them individually and you get them, you know, without a, a big microphone in their face like mine is now, uh, they'll tell you sometimes it doesn't feel like farming anymore. Um, the incomes are down. You have to farm more acres in order to earn the same income. Um, and frankly, a lot of them are worried that this is something that they're not going to be able to pass on to the next generation. I think that's the one thing that, that really is starting to sink in. Every year, the average age of the farmer gets older by one year. And here is, this is a real world example. A lot of people don't know these sort of things go on. And this is why we're in the state of the, uh, say our country is in, um, because things like this happen. Last year, I worked for Marlon Stutzman when he ran for United States Senate. And one of the major things he was hit on, quote-unquote, was that he voted against the farm bill. Marlon Sutzman's a family farmer, and he voted against the farm bill. And they used it in ads against him. They said he doesn't care about farmers. The reason he voted against the farm bill was they stuck a bunch of uh, uh, food stamp language in there that had nothing to do with farming. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to kick that bill that out of there because if we're serious about getting our national debt, our our uh, you know our ho fiscal house in order, all these sort of things, we need to vote on things individually. I'm not going to allow you to put something in there that's not good because you say, well, you're going to be punished for uh, voting against farmers, and he voted against a farm bill and ultimately was punished. And to me, it was like, that's such a microcosm of why we're in the position you're in. And I can't tell you how many people, farmers, we would talk to, it's like, well, he voted against the farm bill. He's not for farmers. I mean, it, was just, it just floored me. Yeah. Well, and the farm bill is a total misnomer. Um because like you said, the majority of the legislation in the Farm Bill actually has to do with SNAP benefits and school lunch programs and all kinds of things that aren't really farming. But moreover, I've got to tell you, the Farm Bill is not really good, even for farmers. It is a lot of subsidy. It It is the mechanism by which Earl Butts was able to turn our farms into fence row to fence row, almost a quasi-nationalized industry, even though the farmers would not like to admit that. It's a nationalized, socialized industry. The Farm Bill is what sustains that, and so it's not good. Um, but to completely annul it just today would be, um, we need a transition period for sure. Trump. Huh? He's the president now. I know you're a little skeptical on Trump. A little bit. Um, do you think he's going to be good for farming? I really don't know. Does he know anything about farming? I mean, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I, but one thing I'll say about Trump, he's an executive. He's a businessman. And so one of the, my, my hopes for him is that he, I'm an executive. I run businesses. And I delegate a lot. It's what you have to do. You have to trust your lieutenants. And so he's put a, a, a person in charge of the Department of Agriculture. Um, I have not investigated his track record yet. But I do know that even if Trump doesn't know a lot about farming, Trump knows a lot about delegation and trusting his lieutenants and standing behind people. We saw that with um, his pick for... Uh, the uh, Secretary of Defense. He was asked about waterboarding and torture techniques. We know what Trump's opinion is on that, and yet he actually gave a, a, what I feel is a very comforting answer when um, he knows that his guy that he put in charge of that uh, has another opinion of it, and he's going to go with his guy. And, and that's what an executive does. That's what a good leader does. He goes with his guy. It's why he's got him. Trump loves successful people. You're very successful. Um, if you were to have a moment with Trump and say, this is the thing you need to do to help farming in America, what would it be? Encourage farmers to get off of the government's dime. Good luck. Thanks. <laughs> Again, our guest is Nick Carter. He's with FarmersMarket.com. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Nick was asked to speak to the Farm Bureau recently, right? Right. Yeah, and uh, you, you, I like you because you say controversial things, right? <laughs> so we're going to talk about Nick's experience in front of the Farm Bureau. Again, uh, Nick's with FarmersMarket.com. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. 
Rob Kendall here, speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald, what is Impact Youth Mentoring? Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders. How long has Impact Youth been around and how many children have been impacted? We were formed in 2011 and have impacted more than 125 kids through our mentoring and after-school tutoring services. So how can folks get involved with Impact Youth? We are always in need of some good folks who are interested in becoming a mentor for children in Hendricks County who could use mentoring. And if someone wants more information? You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us. We're speaking with Nick Carter. He's with FarmersMarket.com. And again, people may be hearing FarmersMarket.com. There's a .com for everything these days, even the Farmers Market. Um, tell us about FarmersMarket.com. FarmersMarket.com is an easy way for you to order direct from farmers online. So you can order your food, know exactly where it's coming from, and you get it delivered to you or for free. You can pick it up at a, a convenient pickup location in your community. How hard is it to get a farmer to want to participate in this? Because I would think, it just again, it strikes me that farmers may be somewhat adverse to deviating from how they've always sort of, sort of sold their goods and products. Actually, it's easier and easier. The farmers are realizing they're going to need to find diversified sources of income. And diversified no longer can just mean a different variety of corn. It's got to mean um, a completely different market, a different product, uh, different streams of income. And so being able to get into FarmersMarket.com is huge because it gives them access direct to the consumer. Previously, as a farmer, you were, we talked about this in an earlier segment, um, you were producing a commodity. You know, corn is a uh, an elaborate way to mine minerals and ore out of the out of the earth and put it into a little yellow capsule that goes up to a factory <laughs> and then they reconstitute it into food. Well, the problem is you're not making most of the value add in that chain. But if you actually sell sweet corn, if you sell food, if you sell um, eggs, meat, produce, things out of the land, there's a lot more value, a lot more margin in that product. We see these diseases that are, are so prevalent these days, things like cancer and, and whatnot. Is a lot of that because people are not eating organic, truly organic product like they used to? Well, yes and no. Because you, so. you, you hear from people that are organic, and obviously they're, they have an invested interest in it doing well, but saying that it's bad for you to eat the, the processed food. Unfortunately, I, I think that the solutions are way too complex to put on a picket sign. Right. What fits on a picket sign is banned GMOs. <laughs> we need simple, <laughs> concise messages to get people rioting behind. Right. And I don't think it's that simple. I do think it's more layered, and somewhere in that layer, GMOs, uh, our diet, our government subsidy, our wet method of farming, all of those things layer into it. Um, but it would be 10-point font on a picket sign, and most people wouldn't understand it. And, and that's probably that, – that's probably that is the problem, is that you have a society who – and we love Pat McAfee. He's a really great guy, but a punter retires, and everybody spends their whole day in mourning, yet – things that really impact people with their government and public policy and like trying to get that is like getting pulling teeth yeah this it, is, it, it floors took us, me it took us decades to get here right our, our cancer rates the uh, um percentage of autism and things like that it took us decades to rise to here we're not going to fix it if we just outlaw gmo food or if we just require a certain pesticide to go away 
It's not going to work. Okay, so you um, you got asked to speak at the farm the farm bureau. They have like a convention each year. Is that right? Yep. This was the Indiana Young Farmers Convention, and um, they asked you to speak. Yep. Did they not know you? <laughs> no, they did. Um, and I, I was titled with uh, diversifying your farm and income and so i gave a, an hour-long presentation i was a little worried to see how many people would show up uh, we had standing room only in my uh, breakout session and we had guys in there who are doing confinement hogs we have guys in there who are doing big grain and uh, listen through everything that i talk about i don't disparage that farming at all uh, i don't think it even needs to go away i just want those farmers i want every farmer to have the opportunity to diversify and in addition to your 2,000 acres of grain what if you could also sell um, meat what if you could also bale some hay off of your cover crops and sell to the the pastured meat guy next door to you what if you could sell some of your grain not just to the Chicago Board of Trade not just to one market but if you could shop around markets because there was enough um, livestock operations nearby who were milling their own grain and so on and so forth uh, you said something the other day that I thought was really interesting. You said that the average, every year, the uh, the age of the average farmer rises by one year. <laughs> Roughly. That, th yeah. that means basically no new people are going into farming. That's basically what that means. And that's why I was there to, to speak at this convention is we've got this Indiana Young Farmers Convention. And the problem is most of them, if I, if I did a, a survey, they have off-farm jobs. Farming yeah. is now a kind of a hobby thing they do because there's not enough income left in farming. We've decimated the... Um, the margin, the profitability, all the wealth that could be generated through land ownership and farming that existed prior to the industrialization of our food, that's all been stripped. It's, it's one of the reasons with that, because a community like a Brownsburg, who when I moved here in 1986 was predominantly, uh, you know, it, it had its populated area, mm -hmm. um, but it was predominantly fields, and many of those fields were, were plowed and maintained and, you know, kept up and produced things, and now there's lots of homes on a lot of those fields. Um. Yeah, urban sprawl is not good um, for farmers anyways, but you know, we've got to have a place to live. But a lot of the reason is because when you moved out here to Brownsburg, let's say 20 years ago, you would have had a lot of farms. The average size of the farm may have been a few hundred acres, five or 600 acres. Um, and there's still a lot of wealth, generational wealth, wealth that could be passed down, that could be leveraged, that could be used, and there's income made off of those acres. Um, but if in order to make a single income, now suddenly, according to the latest Purdue study, you've got to have 1,600 acres to make one full-time income. And in order to grow to that size, you need bigger equipment, you need to buy more land, you're going to have to leverage, meaning mortgage, meaning go into debt with a guarantee put against grandpa's farm, put against your generational farm. And so now wealth got turned into debt and equity got turned into liability and no more, uh, there's no more income for the next generation of farmers. Straight talk hurts a lot of people when you get up there and tell people how it's how it is and how it's going to be do they get do they get offended i'm sure that they do i'm sure that there's some people that um didn't like what i had to say um and left but there was a line of people uh, around me at the end for business cards uh wanting to grab coffee wanting to learn more so there's certain people who are hungry to to be able to find a change like this um, and I'm not out to offend. I'm not out to try and, and, like I said, disparage or even insult farmers. I do think that that's one thing that is got we got to be careful of. Is that of all the things I've talked about, um, I don't blame a farmer at all. If I had been a farmer in 1977 and I was listening to a radio broadcast from Earl Butts that said, "Farm fence row to fence row and leverage your farm to do it," I probably would have done it. Yeah. Um, 
You're from Rucheville, as we started uh-huh. the, the, the show with, and I want to close with this because Rucheville is the home of one of the most significant events in the history of Indiana, which was the uh, the, the, the great tornado. There's nothing great about it, but it, that's kind of what it's known <laughs> the Palm as. Palm Sunday tornado. Yeah, but the Palm Sunday tornado. I'm curious, because this was uh, well before you were born and lived there, but I'm curious, has that community fully recovered to this day? And what sort of tribute or, or homage or whatever you want to call it do they pay to that because it is such you know we live here in brownsburg and i know all about that and i'm just curious in that community what it what it means yeah it's kind of funny i, I left ruscheville and uh, everywhere i go i tell people oh it's a small town you've never heard of it and what i've discovered is yes they have <laughs> it it's the one event that both wiped it off of the face of the planet and put it on the map all in the same day no they it's still in the memories of people there uh for sure they hold um Every decade, there's a commemoration or, or an anniversary service of it. I've heard all the stories. Every single person who lived through it has a story of where they were um, and, and what they were doing when that happened, and I've heard all of them. Um, and it was a very traumatic day, but the, the city's been completely rebuilt. Um, in a lot of ways, it changed the shape of the city, um, all of your your downtown city, town, little <laughs> village. Well, you better get it right because those people get very offended I'm if you sorry. call the city a town. I'm sorry. a town. <laughs> they um, – the, the the face of the downtown doesn't look like the facade of an old downtown anymore because all those buildings are gone. So everything yeah. has a larger setback. If you think about when they were rebuilding, it was the 70s. It was the time of parking lots and commuters and things like that. So right. it all looks different now. Nick, thanks for being with us today, and thanks for uh, telling us about farming in 2017. Thanks for having me. Hey, don't forget, if you missed any part of today's conversation, you can check out the podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can download the show right to your smartphone or tablet, totally free of charge. All you got to do is search Central Indiana Today. As always, our podcast is presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. Hey, Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndiePolitics.org. It's a place where smart Hoosiers get their news. Although the state house is just a few miles away, we know sometimes it can seem like a million miles. But you know what? When it comes to issues like road funding, schools, putting more Hoosiers to work, and fighting the drug epidemic, those issues hit close to home. That's why we want you to bookmark IndiePolitics.org. At IndiePolitics.org, we bring you in-depth comprehensive coverage of the big issues faced in Indiana. And we also bring you Indiana's newsmakers in their entirety. And here's what's even better doesn't cost you a thing. So pay us a visit, 
indypolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news. This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 12 to 930. More information about our flavors and specialty sundaes can be found on our Facebook page or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today. Go Bulldogs! This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides child care for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033. This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 53 89 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. Rob Kendall here speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald, what is Impact Youth Mentoring? Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders. How long has Impact Youth been around and how many children have been impacted? We were formed in 2011 and have impacted more than 125 kids through our mentoring and after-school tutoring services. So how can folks get involved with Impact Youth? We are always in need of some good folks who are interested in becoming a mentor for children in Hendricks County who could use mentoring. And if someone wants more information? You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.